The Red Raiders sweep the Merrimack College Warriors in four games. They score 70 runs, 62 hits, 68 RBIs, 19 extra base hits, including eight dingers. And now they head to Biloxi, Mississippi to take on the defending national champions in a two-game stand. We'll look back at the Warriors and ahead to the Bulldogs. This is Dinger Derby. Welcome. Welcome. To Dinger Derby, the official podcast of RedRaiderDugout.com, the only website completely devoted to Texas Tech baseball. Join Keith Patrick twice a week for team news, guests, ranking updates, and game reports. We'll be hitting taters with the Red Raiders from opening weekend all the way through Omaha. This is Dinger Derby. Welcome into the Dinger Derby podcast, the official podcast of RedRaiderDugout.com. I'm your host, Keith Patrick. Thanks for joining us once again for Dinger Derby and tuning in to hear about what's been going on with this Texas Tech Red Raider baseball team. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Red Raider Dugout. I'm at Keith B. Patrick on there. You can find us on Instagram at Red Raider Dugout, and we've got a Facebook page as well. Thank you to all of you for making Record weeks happen for us both on the website and here on the Dinger Derby podcast. We are always looking for sponsors if they're the right fit, and we would love to talk to any of you that are interested in sponsoring the podcast, the website, or both, and just helping us do what it is we're doing here and maybe reach some new folks that you haven't reached. You can reach out to me on Twitter or any other social media in those DMs or email Keith at RedRaiderDugout.com. Let's dive right in, talk about what this weekend looked like for the Red Raiders. It was a prolific offensive weekend for Texas Tech as the Merrimack Warriors came to town out of the Northeast Conference. Didn't expect it to be an extremely competitive series. Texas Tech got all over the Warriors all weekend long. There were moments that were competitive throughout the series, in particular, Cedric Gillette, the starter in the second game Saturday, kept things close for a little while, and the Sunday game was a 3-2 affair heading into the fifth inning before the Red Raiders pulled away. Overall, a good get-right weekend for Texas Tech. They didn't need to get right in the win column as they did extend their win streak out to nine now. They're 10-2 on the season, but had an opportunity to get a ton of guys into the game, lots of experience, lots of new faces, got to see some playing time both at the plate and on the mound and in the field. And I think that the Red Raiders benefited greatly from what this weekend was for them. I'm not going to go through every game pitch by pitch. Tech won it Friday 17-1. to They outhit the Merrimack Warriors 16-3. The Red Raiders really opened it up in the second inning and it was off to the races. No home runs in this game, but as I said, 16 hits. Red Raiders were the recipients of a bunch of free passes. They only gave up four walks, did Texas Tech, as well as a couple of hit batsmen, but the Warriors with 11 walks issued in this game, all by the first three of four pitchers, as well as some hit batsmen mixed in as well. On Saturday, the early game started at noon. Texas Tech wins that one 21-5. It's a prolific sixth inning, seventh inning, and eighth inning all mixed together that really does Merrimack in. 
starting pitching was also solid for the Red Raiders throughout, and I'm, I'll come back to those pitchers here in just a moment. But on Saturday in the first game, the story of the day, I'm sure you've heard it by now, was Parker Kelly. Pitt Kelly's been starting at third base since the Arlington series. Easton Morrell went out with a hamstring injury. Morrell got the start at DH this weekend, but ultimately he came out as well in the Saturday night game, and we didn't see him again. Coach Tadlock confirmed that he re-aggravated that injury a little bit. But Parker Parker Kelly steps in in the third with two outs, hits a solo home run, turns right back around in the sixth with a grand slam, and then another grand slam in the eighth inning. That performance by Parker Kelly was enough to earn him Big 12 Player of the Week honors. Texas Tech has swept those awards now two weeks in a row. Ty Coleman received both Player of the Week and Newcomer of the Week last week. Now Parker Kelly receiving Player of the Week this week and Owen Washburn receiving Newcomer of the Week. So Parker Kelly has a three-bomb early game. He has nine RBIs. That ties the school record, places him on the same footing as Grant Little, who did it most recently back in 2018. John Grimes did it in 1984, and Mike Bruley in 1975. As far as we know, Gus has done some digging, and others have as well. We don't know if a Red Raider has ever hit two grand slams in a single game. That'll be a line going into the record book for Parker Kelly, and couldn't happen to a better guy. Ask Coach Tadlock about Parker Kelly after the conclusion of the series, and here's what he had to say about that young man. Again, it's just uh, really happy for him. Um, as far as the approach change, he's he's seeked help ever since he's been here. He's made adjustments every year he's been here. And you might not have seen the results, like in the batting average and things, but he's always been a guy with a lot of aptitude. Um, and uh, it basically, he's been able to apply what you want him to do. And... He's always had power too. I mean, he's there's there is some, you know, some thunder in you know between the elbows and the fingertips for sure. And uh, ball comes off his bat a little different when he, you know, obviously when he does square it up. And uh, again, but it's uh, you're not going to get a better guy. Like he's just you know high character uh, baseball player. And again, it's just kind of all coming together. It's and it's kind of neat when you really think about it. Without the COVID year, his college career is over. And sometimes it's just you know the timing of it. But he's uh, he see. I mean, he, he's worked at the mental and the physical. I mean, it's it's not just the physical. He's he's really bought into dealing with that pitch in that moment and trying to get a pitch to hit and able to move on. And uh, usually sometimes the, the older guys are and the more they have had some failures, they understand like, hey, we've got to move on and go have another good at-bat. And it's been, been neat, to, neat to see. It's been pretty cool stuff to see Parker Kelly take these steps forward. And I'll remind fans, and I mentioned this in my postgame story, I think we fall into a trap with Parker Kelly of thinking of him as a defensive guy only, as a defensive sub. And as a guy that's only seen some spot play, when you go look at the numbers, Parker Kelly, and this is his fifth year as a Red Raider, he's got 247 at-bats in his time at Texas Tech. He's got 68 starts out of the 111 games he's played in. Now, that's leading into 2022. That doesn't include this year, which he started almost every game of the season. And 
in 2020, he was batting 429 and slugging 619 in 21 at bat. So he had three starts. He'd appeared in 13 games that season. Uh, was kind of getting work in then, and now you're seeing the dividends of a lot of hard work. And I think it's pretty cool to see it. I'm happy for him personally, and uh, he's just a, just a good guy. And you can't help but root for him. Saturday night, Kelly followed the three home run performance in the early game. Had a a three for five evening with a double and a run scored and then turns back around Sunday and he reaches base in four of his five plate appearances. He's hit by a pitch. He walks, he singles, steals a base and scores. He walks, advances on a wild pitch and scores, and then ultimately flies out at the end of that one. But Parker Kelly, a fantastic weekend for the Red Raiders, batted 533 on the weekend, eight runs scored, eight hits, a double, and three home runs. He's got 13 RBIs on the weekend, slugs 1,200, 667 on base percentage because he draws five walks as well, which is tied for second with Dylan Carter. Zach Vuletic led the way in walks this weekend with seven. But Parker Kelly, all the way around, fantastic weekend. Congrats to him on the Big 12 Player of the Week honor. A couple of the things I want to mention about those Saturday games, Jace Young in the early game Saturday reaches base on every single plate appearance. RBI single comes around to score in the first, walk in the second, walk in the fourth. Single comes around to score in the sixth, walk in the sixth on his second AB and comes around to score HBP and then a single in the eighth as well. It was a really nice day for Jace Young. Really a nice weekend overall. He kind of got back right. He led the way for Texas Tech, batting 6-11 on the weekend. Also led the way with 11 hits. He seemed kind of quiet. He had all these multi-hit days, but not normally big hits until the evening game Saturday. He did hit three extra base hits, a double, a triple, and a home run. Had six RBIs and had four walks. In the second game Saturday night, it was Jace Young that gets things started. He leads off the fifth inning with a solo home run to left field. Kurt Wilson follows a couple later with a two-run home run, uh, and Wilson actually ends up with a bases-clearing double later in the fifth, his second time up. So Kurt Wilson gets five RBIs in one inning, and Tech had a dozen runs on the board added in the fifth before an out was recorded by Merrimack. They had pitching changes going on. Ultimately, Tech scored one more uh, in that one and had a 13-run inning, which also matched a Texas Tech record. So this team from this series will write their way into the record book as well as the most recent to have a 13-run inning. On Sunday... It was a little bit less offensive. You had a lot less free passes for Tech to feed upon coming from the pitching of Merrimack, and it was actually a 3-2 game in that one walking into the fifth. Tech broke it open once again. You had a two-home run inning there, Owen Washburn with a three-run shot to right field over the Texas Tech bullpen. Dalton Porter, who got the start at DH on Sunday, had a really nice day, goes three for five double single home run Dalton Porter was a triple shy of the cycle and he wasn't alone Jace Young had a three for five day as well he went triple single two RBI double he was a home run shy of the cycle in the Sunday game so a little bit closer a little bit more competitive made for a little bit more interesting baseball for sure but Tech did open it up and break away and win that one 12 to 4. 
Overall, I do want to talk about starting pitching as well. When you go back to Friday, Andrew Morris goes five and a third, three hits, one run, a walk, and has eight strikeouts. Morris was very efficient, 46 strikes to 72 total pitches. Uh, Had a nice day for Texas Tech. Andrew Devine comes in and throws two-thirds scoreless, but does give up three walks and struggles a little bit. Brandon Beckel and Kyle Robinson, though, come in for three combined innings after of perfect baseball. They have three strikeouts to their names in that one. On Saturday in the first game, Brandon Birdsell gets the start. He's good again. Five innings pitched. He does give up five hits, but only one run, one walk, has eight strikeouts. Brendan Gurton has a nice inning to follow. Perfect baseball, two strikeouts. Shea Hardis, two innings of two-hit baseball with a strikeout. Garrett Crowley comes in. He has some walk struggles. And Tyler Hamilton comes in and closes it out for the Red Raiders. And then... On the Saturday second game, Mason Molina, he goes 80 pitches, five innings pitched, two hits, one run, four walks, four Ks for Molina. He scuffled a little bit with the bats of the Warriors, but overall able to to tamp them down, and the run support doesn't hurt either. Jace Lopez gets two innings in relief, three hits, one run, three Ks. Bo Blessy made an appearance. He's a Midland Lee product, one inning pitched, and Blessy has transferred back in via Nebraska, and then I believe Midland College. And then Colin Clark has an inning at the end with one walk and one strikeout. On Sunday, Austin Becker gets his first start. Becker transferred to Texas Tech from Vanderbilt. He was a starter for the Red Raiders in 2020, goes down and ends up getting Tommy John surgery in July of that year. And Becker has three innings pitched, Gives up one hit. It's scoreless baseball in his three innings. No walks and five strikeouts. He did a really nice job for the Red Raiders. Congratulations to him. He does end up earning the win in that game as the most effective pitcher of the day. Jamie Hitt comes in for two innings after Becker. Josh Sanders for an inning and two-thirds. Derek Bridges, Kyle Robinson, and Brandon Beckel all make appearances in that one. The Red Raiders do get the 12-4 win. It wasn't really in doubt, but it was a little bit tight until that fifth inning opened things up. Becker told us in the postgame on Sunday that the coaching staff wanted him available for Wednesday against Mississippi State. So Becker only threw 47 pitches in that start, and they pulled him back out. And I think it's also just the safe thing to do with a guy coming off of a Tommy John injury. And I think that's something Becker appreciates and talked about why he came to Texas Tech. And it was some of that mentality, protecting guys health, taking care of arms, that that was important to him. Becker is a 6'5", 215 specimen. He has designs on pitching at the next level I think he has real opportunity to do that and certainly glad he's in a Red Raider uniform and it was good to see him back starting for Texas Tech there are some other guys throughout the weekend I don't want to miss mentioning Kurt Wilson had an excellent weekend as well he batted 529 slugged 824 had a 579 on base percentage with two walks nine runs scored nine hits couple of doubles and a home run for Wilson nine RBIs as I said he had five coming that one inning Owen Washburn the newcomer of the week in the big 12 batted 400 this weekend seven runs six hits a double two home runs for him eight RBIs he had three walks and then I thought Cole Stillwell and Zach Vuletic also had really solid weekends Stillwell went 353 on the weekend 
five runs and six hits for Stillwell. He had six RBIs, and I'll say that Stillwell also, he did have four walks. Stillwell was excellent defensively this weekend. I thought he did a really great job digging out balls, catching in unusual situations. Stillwell not only played first, but he caught a game as well. He and Hudson White took turns. Trevor Conley got some time behind the plate as well uh, in a substitution. But I thought Stillwell, I mean, he catching pitchers, having to field bunts and off-balance throws from Wilson and and all of those things that come with the difficulty of first base. He's really learned to move his feet around there. He's doing a good job getting back to the bag. He's digging well. He's stretching well. Uh, I just thought that he was tested this weekend and he showed up. And these are those kinds of series where your team gets better. You get a ton of reps. You get a ton of opportunities to go out there and, and try things out, try out different lineups, get different guys in. And I thought Stillwell really showed out this weekend defensively. Kurt Wilson was excellent defensively as well, as was Parker Kelly. Uh, but I thought Stillwell really shined over there at first base in a place that you don't normally get a lot of notice. I wanted to make sure to give him a shout out. I'll go ahead and give you a rundown of the season statistics where they stand right now, and then we'll look ahead to Mississippi State really quickly. Jace Young's now leading your batting averages with a 381. you You've got four Red Raiders over 300. Washburn with a 372. Parker Kelly, 371. Kurt Wilson, 326. Dylan Carter on their heels with a 270. Dalton Porter in a little bit more limited action at 267. Dalton Porter entered because you had Eastern Morrell exit as far as DH goes. Zach Vuletic got all of the starts this weekend in left field. I thought Vuletic had a nice weekend also. He hit 313 in 16 at bats. He slugged 500 for you. He had nine RBIs on the weekend, and that came off of three doubles. He had seven walks as well. Vuletic looked pretty good in left field. I thought he played well. He plays very well on the base pass. The hit tool is there. The speed tool is there. He's an all-business kind of guy out there in the field, and I thought that he looked pretty good. You had a ton of guys pinch hitting, defensive substitutions, pinch runners, all those things happening in the other games, but Sunday, your lineup didn't change. And I have a feeling that that may be the lineup you see coming in to the Mississippi State Series with with Dylan Carter in center field in the leadoff, Zach Vuletic in left field to follow Jace Young at second base in the three-hole, Cole Stillwell at first base in the cleanup spot, Kurt Wilson in shortstop, Owen Washburn right field, Hudson White at catcher, Dalton Porter DH, and Parker Kelly at third base. But back to those stats throughout the season now. So I said Jace Young is leading you in batting average. He's also got 14 runs scored. Good for a tie for second on the team with Kurt Wilson. Dylan Carter leads you with 16 runs scored. It is Young and Washburn who both have 16 hits on the season. Young has 11 RBIs. He leads you by far in walks with 16. Washburn As I mentioned, 16 hits, 13 runs for him. He's got a couple of doubles, a couple of home runs. Parker Kelly leads you in home runs with three. Kurt Wilson leading you in RBIs with 16. Just the guy you want batting behind Jace Young and Zach Vuletic and Dylan Carter, guys who have great on-base percentages right now. They're setting the table, and Wilson doing a good job of batting them home. Uh, Overall, looking really good. If you've been a longtime Texas Tech baseball fan, 
Uh, you know, the stolen bases are down a little bit. They're 13 of 13 on the season, but no prolific base stealing going on just yet. Jace Young is three for three. Dylan Carter, three for three. Washburn and Kelly are each two for two. Porter and Hudson White each have one apiece as well. So haven't seen a ton of that. You also haven't seen a ton of double plays. There are some years that the Red Raiders are just prolific double play defensive team, and this isn't seem to be one of those, although they have turned a few. Uh, they do have a great fielding percentage near the top of the country. I've been waiting for the NCAA statistics to update. They were number 12 in the country in fielding percentage as of yesterday. Mississippi State is actually number nine in fielding percentage. As of as far as those numbers are concerned, so two good, clean fielding teams that'll be going up against each other here coming up very quickly. Let's talk about those Mississippi State Bulldogs, and then I'm going to get out of your feed. I know that this is going to give you limited time to listen, so I don't want to give you an hour long episode here tonight. Texas Tech ten and two on the season. Mississippi State defending national champions. They won it last year for the first time. Thirteen trips to Omaha, and they finally won the big one. They started the season with a tough series loss in Starkville to Long Beach State. Now I wouldn't snicker too much. The Dirtbags have a long and illustrious college baseball history. I believe they're eight and four on the season right now. But Long Beach State took. Two of three from Mississippi State. They won 3 nothing on Friday, 13-3 on Saturday, and then Mississippi State storms back with a 12-4 win on Sunday. They took down UAPB, that's Arkansas Pine Bluff, 17-1 in a midweek. They took two of three from Northern Kentucky, that's the Northern Kentucky Norse, in Starkville the following weekend, lost the opener but won the next two, beat Grambling 2-1 to one in a midweek, and then lost to Southern Miss in a midweek. And now this week, coming off of a series loss in New Orleans to Tulane. They beat Tulane 19-2 to Friday night, but then lost 11-10 in the 10th, and then 5-4 to in the Sunday game. Tulane scored nine unanswered to come from behind and win. They force extras and then walk off the Bulldogs there on Saturday night. Now they'll have Texas Tech to contend with. The Red Raiders will be in town. They're not in Starkville. They're in Biloxi, Mississippi. That's the home of the Biloxi Shuckers, the double-A team there. It'll be at 6 o'clock on Tuesday night and then 5 o'clock Wednesday night. Those games will both be on SEC Network+. Plus. I've done a little digging. I'm not exactly sure. I think that an ESPN Plus subscription should give you access to this. Otherwise, if not, you may need a cable subscription to have access to log in and see this game. But I believe it's an ESPN Plus property or product that'll do that. It'll be the Biloxi Shuckers broadcast crew that will be on the call for the TV side of things. Of course, you can catch Jamie Lent and Mike Gustafson on the radio call. And if there's any confusion with that, Double T 97.3 FM in Lubbock. On their app, I think it's within about 100 or 150 miles of Lubbock. And then if you're outside of that area, you can't stream it through their app. You need to get the Varsity Network app, which is a Learfield app. It's free to use. It works great. But that's another option to listen to that hometown radio call if you want to do it that way, the Varsity Network app. As far as Mississippi State in the stats department, this is a team that has really been trumpeting 
pitchers, and unfortunately Landon Sims, who was their big starter, he went down on Friday night, and I'm sure that was a gut punch for this team, and so you certainly wish him well. Tanner Logan leads there with batting average. He's at a 364. He's got 16 RBIs, two home runs, very similar numbers to the leaders from the Red Raiders. Hunter Hines, 341. He's got three home runs, nine RBIs. Got a couple guys with three home runs. Brad Cumbust is another, hitting 333. Luke Hancock, and he's a big name in college baseball. He's hitting 304, six RBIs, and one home run for him. Last week in the midweek for Mississippi State against Grambling, Jack Walker got the start. He went five innings, gave up three hits, one run, two walks, had eight strikeouts in his appearance, and then it was closed out by Parker Stinnett. He went four innings, two hits, no runs, one walk, and had another eight strikeouts against Grambling. On the season, Walker has a 15 ERA, six innings pitch, so that was certainly his best outing so far. Stinnett, an 8-10 ERA in six and two-thirds innings pitch, so he's had a couple of good outings. He's had four appearances, and it's early in the season, so ERAs can get a little bit skewed. Don't forget that by any means. In the Wednesday game, they played Southern Miss. It was Jackson Fristo who got the start, another pretty big name as far as Mississippi State goes. He got lit up a little bit, gave up four hits, four runs, two walks, and had no strikeouts in three innings pitched. He got the loss in that one for Mississippi State as they fell to Southern Miss, and then it was Johnny Bullpen after that trying to catch back up. I don't know if we'll see Fristo again or if it'll be a different midweek starter. You have to think that Mississippi State will be interested in getting a win in this game. It's an RPI booster for sure and a resume builder. Fristo is 6.43 on the season. He has seven innings pitched. He went three in that start last Wednesday um, and had some struggles against Southern Miss. So curious to see how it goes. With Mississippi State scuffling, they've fallen to 500. They're 6-6 six and six on the season, and they've fallen out of most rankings at this point. So D1 Baseball still has them at 23. Um, they are unranked in the coaches' poll. They are unranked in Collegiate Baseball Newspaper, unranked by Baseball America, and the composite rankers that do longer analytics-based ranking, Massey and Aaron Moore, have them in the 80s right now. And so they're 45 on the Massey composite. I don't think that they can afford many more losses. Uh, Not to say that the postseason is out of the question for them, but you have a defending national champion that has almost completely fallen out of the rankings very quickly based on the losses they've had. And so be curious to see how they look against Texas Tech. This was a series that you did play in 2020. If you recall, you were coming back from a two-loss, two-game series against Mississippi State about to open Big 12 play against West Virginia when the season was canceled for COVID-19. So love to see the Red Raiders get out there and make some noise. The shine's off of Mississippi State a little bit, but it's still an RPI builder and could be some great wins over an SEC opponent. And that is just what the doctor ordered as you look to continue your climb back up and building some confidence in this season. It's a road trip week for the Red Raiders. They'll head to Rice after Mississippi State for a three-game stand there in Houston. That'll be on Conference USA TV. Come back home for a two-game midweek against New Mexico and then on the road again headed up north to Iowa. You're one midweek away at that point in Cal Baptist from the University of Texas who still sits at basically a consensus number one 
on this season, and they have been excellent on the mound and at the plate. So lots of baseball headed your way. It's going to be fun. Mississippi State, make sure you watch if you can, listen if you can't watch, and keep up with what the team's doing. Make sure you check RedRaiderDugout.com, and we will have post-game updates for you there as quickly as we can. And I want to just say thank you once again for the record numbers that we're seeing following along with the Dinger Derby podcast and on RedRaiderDugout.com. Thank you all. I want to wrap this thing up for you and send you on your way. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for all the interaction on Twitter. You can find us at Red Raider Dugout. Always enjoy that and uh, glad to have you following along and being a part of what we're doing here for Texas Tech Baseball. Once again, Mississippi State, Tuesday and Wednesday, 6 p.m. and 5 p.m., the Red Raiders are heading up there on a hot streak, nine wins in a row, and looking to make it 10 and 11. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you around the ballpark. Y'all be good. Have fun watching some baseball, and until we see you, wreck them. Thanks for tuning in to Dinger Derby and sharing our love for Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. You can connect with Keith on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Red Raider Dugout. And find more great tech baseball coverage at RedRaiderDugout.com. Help us out by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes. And remember to tell your friends about the show. Keith will be back soon with another episode of Dinger Derby. And until then, Wreck'em Tech. Keep your hand on your gun. Don't you trust anyone. There's just one kind of man that you can trust. That's a dead man or a gringo like me. Be the first one to fire. Every man is a liar. There's just one kind of man who tells the truth. That's a dead man or a gringo like me. 